Previously on Transfernation. Today, you are going to get to hear from transfer student, first generation college student, UC regent, PhD candidate, transfer advocate, and all around amazing transfer champion, Jamal Mwako. There is something about this full circle of the transfer community wanting to give back and pay back. It's like, because we've been through the challenges. Um, and I want to focus a little bit on the challenges for a second. And then the resiliency and kind of uh, work to stay motivated and keep you kind of powering through because the transfer journey doesn't end at transfer, right? It ends, well, who knows, career, grad school, PhD. So the challenges so far, you know, not having a sounding board or a kind of a foundation of information on kind of what colleges, why I'm choosing one college over another, what, you know, the foundations of financial aid are, how do I um, navigate those, crafting it on your own, sort of pit, pulling it together and and sticking it together by swirling around and transferring around at different schools and crafting your own path and your own journey. It's, you know, what major are you picking? Did you pick the right one? Did you just pick one by happenstance? And the just travel hurdles of getting to where you need to go, um, finding the right people. You were really fortunate in the sense that you found a mentor right away and you found a program that worked for you. Uh, but obviously, uh, students sometimes... Um, navigate around without finding that um, for, for many, many years or never find it. Welcome to the Transfer Nation videocasts and podcasts. Transfer Nation aims to create a network and community of educators who work with and advocate for transfer and post-traditional college students. Our mission is to build community, transform culture, and empower success for transfer educators and students by sharing resources and celebrating all things transfer. Um, are there, were there other hurdles that you faced or other sort of challenges within the transfer experience that you think are poignant to kind of discuss? Yeah. Um, I think that, and this is going to sound rough initially, at least. Uh, so the Cal California public higher education, especially the California community college system is terrible. It's just better than everywhere else. Uh, which is to say, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna participate in California public higher education, it is best to be in California when you do it. Uh, the infrastructure is nowhere close to perfect, but it is head and shoulders above every other state's public higher education structure, bar none. Uh, we are fortunate to be in California and have access to the California community college system and the and California public higher education broadly, it's amazing by contrast. So many opportunities for improvement, but it's 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 stellar. Uh, especially from this vantage, I can see just how clearly it just that we have what we have uh, as a resource for communities and first generation college students is amazing. Uh, with that said, um, some opportunities for improvement could be overt and active engagement in the logistics of higher education broadly, uh, overt and more specifically opt out as opposed to opt in uh, frameworks associated to financial aid and such. We have conversations around uh, double the Pell and Cal Grant reform. A lot of those have to deal uh, have to also have to do with the idea of like such that you fill out FAFSA or such that you fill out a financial aid form in uh to enroll into your 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 
your community college, that information is now present within a system. So why should I also, if I'm eligible based on my income, also have to apply for CalFresh? Uh, it would be easier to just roll me in and give me the resources that I'm eligible for, as opposed to me having to be aware that these resources exist and then individually apply to them ad hoc. Uh, that's, we find that every, a lot of students just kind of do without, uh, as opposed to engaging the existing resources that are there to address a need that they have, but they're just wholly unaware, unaware of it or the bureaucratical hurdle, hurdles um, are a bit too extensive. So I think that that's a great opportunity for improvement that we could have. Um, another thing just that we really need to wrestle with contemporarily is uh, the reality of basic needs and security uh, for our community college students. We've been doing a decent job here in the UC of, 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 of ringing that bell and beating that drum that uh, a student should not have to, to learn in, a, in, in one of the most well-resourced uh, universities in, in the state, shouldn't have to be in a condition to learn while hungry, uh, or shouldn't have to be in a situation where they're, they're housing insecure and they're couch surfing because they're just waiting on that most recent financial aid check to come through or an emergency happen, and they had to spend the money where they needed to spend the money to get through that day but now the rest of the month is gonna be a hurdle. These are real experiences that folks are living through right now while they're University of California uh, students. And in this other case, I would say more broadly, uh, California Community College students. So if we're looking to try to shorten down those, those uh, to that time to degree, if we're looking to try to engage with retention efforts a bit more, Food pantries can go a long way. Rapid rehousing efforts can go a long way. Transportation efforts can go a long way. Providing technology for folks who are having to do online stuff like we're doing now can go a long way. We need to be intentional and put our money where our mouth is if we're looking to engage uh, student success. All right, so we, we're digging into challenges. I also want to go into motivation and resilience, right? So you, sure. ha- you found the way, like you, you found your way. The onus was on you a lot on trying to figure that out and make it work for yourself. Yeah. What kept you motivated? What kept you resilient? What other resources? It sounds like community was important. sounds like peer mentoring was important. Mm-hmm. What drove that for you? Yeah, what was really motivating for me was um, uh, one so th- there's this idea that uh, when you come into the UC, especially UCLA as a campus, uh, it, it's going to be one of the most well-resourced times of your life, right? You're, you're a kid in a candy store, and there's so much that you can do. The tricky part is deciding what you will do. Um, and I uh, stubbornly uh, kind of decided on linguistics as a route. And so my goal was, uh, you know, and I kind of decided upon it more anomalously, but I decided I'm going to be a professor. Uh, I didn't know what you needed to do to do that. Uh, but I, I decided that that was the job for me. Um, broadly because I enjoyed the idea of being a student, being able to learn just kind of perpetually and forever uh, because I'm curious and I like, I like to do it. It's fun for me. Uh, so I was like, what job can I get where you get to kind of just be a student the whole time? Professor, because, you know, research. Uh, so yay that. Um, so once I got to, uh, I heard that in order you can be better, you're better prepared to, to go and be a professor if you go to a, a highly selective and research university. Like, okay, cool. 
UCLA it is. UCLA Linguistics, ranked number two at the time in the nation for linguistics. I didn't even know what this meant, but, you know, sure, why not? Um, and it worked out. I'm there. So now I'm like, I want to be a professor. What do I need to do? They say, you got to go to grad school. You got to get a PhD. Oh, okay. Well, um, PhD it is. I'm, gonna, I'm going to grad school, y'all. How do I do that? <laughs> um, and uh, thankfully, I had people around who were able to fill in those gaps. So part of the idea, the commentary here is the resources exist. Uh, it's just, for me, it was just kind of making sure that I, that I was really intentional to tell people what I wanted, even though I didn't know how or what, but I'm asking because this is a well-resourced university and you, you have the means by which to get me to where I'm going. I'm gonna give you the opportunity to help me uh, but I'm going to keep knocking. And so in this case, they were like, well, you got to go to grad school. In order to go to grad school, you got to do undergraduate research. And there's some fine programs that help with that, uh, such as Mellon Mays and, uh, and McNair. And so I applied for those, and I thankfully got accepted into it to be a Mellon Mays undergraduate research fellow, uh, which helped to kind of give me a bit more guidance and more information about what even is grad school, how the application works, uh, you know, isolated some spaces that would be good for me. Um, and uh, that, that transition was relatively smooth, but it was smooth because I, I engaged the resources that were available, but I also engaged the resources that were available because I was aware of the resources that were available. And I was made aware through these programmatic frames like CCCP and uh, 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 TSP, which was a great bridge program. I encourage everybody, if you, if you can swing it, if you get admitted into UC, into UCLA in particular, and you're, looking at, you're thinking about whether or not to do TSP, the transfer summer program, the bridge program, it, is, it was one of the best things for me because it really made explicit a lot of stuff that was still opaque for me. All right, so what do you love about the transfer experience? What is your favorite thing about the transfer experience? If you're talking about it for yourself or for others. So uh, we talk, we talk a lot about, <laughs> about diversity in, uh, in, uh, in, in the four year uh, research, especially institution frame, but higher ed talks about diversity. It's very commodified at this point, but the idea is if you're looking for a diverse learning environment, you should go to the community college. You have everyone from everywhere, every walk of life, different, like say, language proficiencies, different ages, parenting, grandparenting. Uh, your class will be filled with America. <laughs> and, and I think that that's beautiful about the, the California community college system in particular that you just, you really get a sense of like, of people, right? Of, of the city, uh, you know, of the general community in this space. Um, and I'll argue that you'll find some of the most passionate instructors that you'll ever encounter at the community college. So uh, that's what I really loved about my time there. Again, I got really kind of like, I, I got streamlined into linguistics because I was very fortunate that at LACC during the time where I had the access to the peer mentor, there was a professor who taught linguistics. There's very few linguistics courses that are taught in California at the community college level. And I just happened to be at one with a professor there and I could ask him specific questions. It was very, for, it was very, I was very lucky in that regard. So yeah, I love the community college for those reasons. Okay, so we have heard about your transfer journey, 
um, your first generation college student journey, uh, your love of, of um, uh, the black transfer experience and extravaganza, peer mentoring, the hurdles and the challenges. I would love to steal a little bit more of your time and talk about your advocacy work because you have been a UC regent, um, which means you have had a, such an incredible um, platform to bring transfer to the attention of UC leaders and state leaders and folks who are really making the decisions uh, today. And you've had that experience during the pandemic. So I can only imagine how, yeah, how eye-opening it has been and how much, um, how many conversations you have gotten to kind of uh, be engaged in on this topic. And I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that experience, about being a transfer advocate and a transfer in those spaces, because that's is unusual um, in the sense that we uh, really are trying to get more transfer students into leadership positions because a lot of times faculty, admin leaders haven't gone down the transfer route. Sometimes they have, and that's awesome, but it really helps to have folks who have lived the transfer experience to be able to talk about the transfer experience in these spaces and places. Um, And then maybe a little bit about like you, talk, you, you touched on this, but next generation transfer, what you'd like to see happen for transfer in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. So surprise, there's two of us. Uh, so uh, my uh, student regent designate. So the, the role of student regent is a two-year position. You apply one year, then if you're, you get tapped, then you come in and you're in your designate year. Currently, uh, that person doesn't have a vote, but they have full access to the boards, the meetings, all the information. You're a full region in every way but the vote. And then your second year, you get to vote. I'm currently in my second year as the voting student regent alongside my student regent designate, who in this case is uh, Alexis Zaragoza, who is a current transfer student, uh, who is an undergrad uh, at UC Berkeley. Uh, and so we have two transfer students at the same time. Uh, oh, the oh that's the best thing. When I read that, I ju- you, for those of you who know me, you know how loud my screams were. And you know I jumped up and down and did a happy dance. And Alexis is actually, I'm interviewing her in a week. So uh, I got, I was so excited to get both of you here. But it was just such a, a brilliant example of transfer success and of really being able to kind of, excel and elevate the transfer experience and into this into this space so i i was so excited absolutely yeah and she's brilliant uh, and awesome and is doing great work and will continue to do great work as i ride off into the sunset so shout to alexis um so as far as uh what it's been like being a transfer student in that space. So one, sometimes it's a culture shift and I think you kind of alluded to it. There's the idea of uh, people think of prospective students as uh, high achieving 18 year olds. Um, And we want to be careful ideologically and through practice to not like close the door to public higher education to everyone except high achieving 18 year olds because there's a lot more living that people have to do past high school. Um, and for a lot of different reasons, maybe a person wasn't as high achieving in high school due to no fault of their own. Maybe they were, but they had some other family situations that they had to deal with in the, in the time period. We need to be able to keep the door open, especially if we're gonna move forward in this world where the credential of a bachelor's degree is social capital that allows you to, to traverse into the middle class. If we're gonna say, in order to be 
worthy of being paid a living wage, you need a bachelor's degree, then we need to allow people access to that bachelor's degree past that conventional, traditional time frame. And that's where the beauty of the California Community College really shines. It says, wherever you are, whenever you are, the doors are open, come through, uh, and we can get you to where you want to go, right? Uh, but what that also says is that the university system, in this case, the UC, uh, for, as, from my advocacy perspective, needs to be receptive uh, to those different ways of coming through and to the university. Uh, so what that means is you're going to have some students uh, who have children, who, some students who have students with them. Do you have the infrastructural capacity to accept and sustain that student? If you don't, then invest in it because that's where we're headed, right? That's what equity looks like. Uh, you're going to have to have, you're going to have some students who have a lot of work experience uh, and they're going to bring that potential merit to your classroom and your, your, the general community dynamic. You wanna embrace that and not malign that. Um, so how do, you, how do you engage and how do you kind of like benefit from the expertise in the classrooms, right? Um, we've had the conversation around diversity specifically around, uh, there's been a lot of, I'm not gonna go down the rabbit hole because I'll talk forever about this point. I've written, I've written a massive thesis, uh, but the idea is, uh, we, we need to be a bit more receptive to what the, the, the emergent first-generation student is and looks like and how it is that a student kind of comes to us, meet them where they are and provide the resources for them. Uh, so as we do that good work of doing that through stuff like basic needs of, of reform, uh, basic needs and, and, and financial aid reform, I would love it, especially within the UC context locally, that we were a bit more intentional about our model of higher education, which is to say we're an R1 research institution. If I were, I've spoken to alumni and I asked them, what, did that mean? what does that mean to them? Then they'll say, I have no idea. Um, and, it, and the reason why this matters is that it informs what your professors are and what they do and how you can and oftentimes how you should engage them. Uh, so they are researchers first, uh, usually administrators second, and then teachers more or less on the side. It's not to say they don't love you and teaching and their content and their discipline, but it's to say that it's not their first responsibility. It wasn't the basis under which they were hired. Uh, they were hired as a researcher and they also teach undergrads. Uh, with that said, you kind of have to have a different posture as it relates to your engagement with them. They're not gonna check up on you. Um, you need to engage them. They have a responsibility to respond to you. Uh, they are a resource to you. Uh, that's one of the benefits that you have for coming into the UC is the research paradigm, right? You have access in a different kind of way in this model than you would in any other model. Uh, but if you don't know that on the front end, then you can't really avail yourself to those resources. And as one of my mentors said, it's like going to a steakhouse and, and, and ordering the salad. Uh, you didn't get the best thing that we had to offer, the, more specifically, the unique thing that we offer that other institutions can't offer, and you didn't get that while you were here. Uh, at the very least, I'll say it's a missed opportunity, but on the front end, as you come through, I want to encourage you, be intentional, be loud, be vocal, and, uh, and make your, your professors work. <laughs> make, them, make them meet with you, go to their office hours, ask them questions, 
um, and you be, you might be surprised about how how happy they are to see you. Who do you think is having those conversations with students? Because I know no one had that conversation with me as a transfer student. I didn't know what an R1 was. I just knew I wanted to go to UCLA. So are you having conversations at a UC, at a, at a state level of talking about college culture, talking, I mean, I think these are things that educators talk about and probably like coordinators of transfer centers. We have this conversation all the time. Like, are we talking to students about this? But how do we broaden that? How do we make sure there is a culture of understanding of the options in terms of what higher ed means and what, the, and what transfer can mean? Because it can mean stackable credentials. It can mean, I mean, the BA is a credential, right? So, you know, what are these, you know, how are we translating this for students who are interested at any level in their career, whether they are an 18-year-old trying to figure it out? as you were, or whether they're a 37 year old coming out back to school or coming into school, not knowing which direction to go. Yeah, I think it's gonna have to take the, 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 the village, right? So it's everyone's job within the same frame to kind of make sure that the students are getting what they need and have the understanding, the appropriate understanding to be able to act on it, right? So I think in this sense, knowledge and information informs agency uh, because I can't choose a, among an option that I don't know exists. Um, so I can't choose to do this help-seeking behavior. I put this in quotes because it's stigmatized. Uh, but uh, if I don't know that that's an expectation or an affordance that I have. Um, so I'll say that in context. I'll say at the higher levels, we're having a crisis, uh, an identity crisis as far as what is the overall role and goal of the University of California. Are, are we a credentialing arm for the California labor force? Is that what we are here for? Uh, are we an institution of higher learning whereby we create and disseminate new knowledge to the world's benefit? Is that what we do? Uh, are we a social ladder whereby a uh, un underprivileged lower resource students gain access to resources such that they can kind of exist in, the, in an emergent middle class? Is that what we're for? There's not a one clear answer about what we're supposed to be and what we're going to be doing. And I think the resources that emerge from the campus will evidence what ideological position we decide upon. I think right now, the answer, the answer broadly is yes to all of those things, uh, but that can potentially kind of spread us thin and make us in the facilitation of one goal undermine another. Um, so I think that that conversation is to be had openly and honestly. And if we're saying we're saying a social ladder, then are we resourcing our campuses and our students in order to effectuate that change uh, best? And if not, why not? And what should we be doing? I'm one that thinks that uh, community college transfer students uh, are going to make a huge difference in our campus culture broadly as we more actively engage them. And I think to the better, I think it's going to make the skills that we develop uh, within the university context a bit more applicable uh, and relevant to our overall life. I think we're gonna be, we're gonna have, we're gonna move the culture away from more opaque, abstract, kind of heady spaces, which is not to say that we don't think deeply, but it's to say that, that thinking deeply is gonna need to have a realistic 
like broader impact uh, in order to maintain relevance. This isn't just me talking from a like a, my, my own preferential standpoint. I'm saying money talks in this way. Uh, and, and folks are getting away from this idea of I can, I, what is it that, why should a person pay you 15, 20, $40,000 a year walking away with a degree and still be in poverty. That's going to continue to be a point of shame. And if we don't address that issue one way or the other, it's going to affect our ability to, to, to access and accumulate resources uh, because students are going to reflect and say, what am I actually doing this for? Um, so we can, we can, we can, I think the future is bright. There's some good stuff on the horizon. I think the conversations that need to be had, um, need to be had are being had. And that I'm very, com I'm very confident in the quality of the people that are in place. We have an amazing uh, new president. Uh, we have amazing folks in the governor's office. We have amazing people on the board of regents doing amazing work. So um, I, I, I'd be optimistic at this point. Well, Jamal, I cannot tell you how um, motivated and optimistic you make me feel about the system and about the transfer path. And I am overjoyed to get to learn more about your transfer story uh, and connect in this way. So thank you for taking the time to share it with me and with Transfer Nation. And thank you for your the work that you do, for the transfer advocacy that you um, are, are, are promoting and inspiring uh, system-wide at a, at a really um, incredible level. And for the peer-to-peer -peer mentoring that you do one-on-one uh, and just for having this conversation with me today. Thank you so much for listening. To continue the transfer conversation, be sure to join the Transfer Nation Facebook group at tinyurl.com slash wearetransfernation. You can also follow us on Instagram at wearetransfernation and on Twitter at transferpride. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at tinyurl.com slash tnationtube. If you have ideas for future episodes of the Transformation videocast and podcast, please email us at wearetransfernation at gmail.com. We can't wait to continue celebrating all things transfer with you. And as always, in Transfer Pride.